Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Yes, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. You guys are laughing at me because I have bedhead right now. I was listening. I was relaxing and we went up to bed early. We have not been able to get away from Johnny. Like he has just been, I don't know what it is. He keeps saying he has bad dreams. And when we ask what it's about the one, the one night he, no joke. He said the carnivores are at the door. I'm like, maybe we're watching too much Jurassic world. I don't know. Anyway, what's up, Dan? Good to see you, JB, man. That, that bed head looks better than my like perfectly gelled head. So you're, you're still styling, man. But, uh, Great to be here tonight, as always. Uh, episode 182, just riding the wave of DFS and Dynasty wins right now. Feel It's been a really good uh, 11 weeks. Hopefully, the Dynasty postseason is just as kind. And uh, got to hang out with LeVar Arrington this weekend, guys. It was it was really cool. He was at uh, my place of employment, Lackawanna College, watching his son, Keno Arrington, for our IDP uh, players in the chat. His son's a safety that's 6'2", 200, totally strapped. And is hoping to go to a power five school. So I, I was I was happy hanging with LeVar. He's coaching in California right now. If anyone's any of our listeners are in California. He went to my high school, North Hills. Yeah, hey, right. hey, now, see uh, if I if I knew that on the sidelines, I would have been like, you knew Jay John Bauer, and the whole yeah, conversation was, would have changed. He was a few years uh ahead of me. Was he 99? He graduated. No, it was before then. But I, uh, I think when he was there, like we have a sign in in, in the North Hills, uh, like number one ranked team in the country, uh, you know. But living in those glory days, anyway. Mitch, what's up, baby? What's up? <laughs> what, what's going on? I, I'm just ready to get into the week. I mean, there's a lot of news, and it's trade deadline week in so many different leagues that, like, you could tell the activities picked up because, oh, yeah. like. Group chats that haven't been spoken in since May. All of a sudden, people are like, hey, I need a quarterback. You're like, we had all year, but I guess now is the goodest time as any. Now is the time you have people finally. And, you know, I'm in a few spots like this, but you're four and seven after 11 weeks. And you see the bottom team in the playoffs right now is six and five. And your points four is just not in a good spot. And you realize completely now I have no chance. So I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat, just like you said, Mitch, Hey, uh, players on my roster available for picks. Mm -hmm. And, And that's expected. And then on the other hand, people are looking to maximize their opportunity this year and look to move their picks, but there's a lot going on and it's Turkey week. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, and then we, we have black Friday right after and the holiday season is right around the corner. Okay. It's right around the corner. And this, this isn't even part of the, the read here, but we've been rocking out to Christmas music. I have on our shows, I've had my Christmas mugs, but it's never too early to play holiday music. And Dan, I think you're going to enjoy this read. It's a good one. It's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants. You can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. 
do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. I love all these Christmas puns. I love it. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Go over to manscaped.com, code theory20. Listen, Manscaped, Christmas, fantasy football, awful puns. What is not to love? So they're doing something over uh, at manscaped.com site-wide. The sale runs from November 25th, which is Black Friday, all the way through Cyber Monday. Now Cyber Monday is such a, a huge thing you know, over the last several years. But instead of our typical 20% off with code Theory20, 25%. 25%. That's a steal. So we're headed, we're headed into the new year. New year, new you, a clean you, a trimmed you. That's the way to do it. Anyway, oh my God. When, when I, I read the materials that they send over to us and I was like, these puns, like they, I enjoyed it. I, I like that. I like that. All right. Week 11 takeaway guys. The big one, Kyle Pitts injury, what torn MCL. What do we think, Mitch? What do we think? And Mitch on the pivot point several weeks ago, yep. You were ready to badmouth Kyle Pitts, the the fantasy asset, the dynasty asset, Kyle Pitts, not necessarily the person, Kyle Pitts. But now you got to kind of be careful because he's injured. So you don't want to get that injury victory lap in there. But anyway, Kyle Pitts, what are your thoughts here, Mitch? True. I couldn't remember if I did that on the weekly show or on the pivot point. So I was trying to think about it today. I wasn't sure which one it was. But, you know. The Kyle Pitts thing is really tough for me, right? Because he was the can't-lose prospect. If you took him, you didn't have to worry about your tight ends for the next 10 years. He's always going to hold value. No matter what happens, he's going to be amazing. It kind of still holds true because all the tight ends are terrible outside of, like, Kittle and Andrews. But And Kelsey. Don't forget about Travis. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. But... With Pitts, the problem is now you're going to be selling him at a heavy discount compared to even what you could two weeks ago. Um, there's people, I'll say that because I think on the open market, if you're trading Pitts, you're probably looking for what someone in the Discord got, like a Pat Fryer move sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we see posts in the Discord, Kyle Pitts or George Kittle, and Kyle Pitts wins the trade poll. And in my mind, I'm like, I would take Kittle every day. I would have taken Kittle three weeks ago over Kyle Pitts. But I think it's going to be one of those. The dynasty community really hangs on to their guys. They're not willing to take losses a lot. I think Kyle Pitts is one of the guys to where there's going to be someone in your league that's going to be willing to pay above what market is for him still because they believe in the hype of, oh, he can't miss. He's going to be top three again next year. I, I said this actually before the injury. I think it was two weeks ago, and I said serious question, but I feel like Mitch a little bit being the troll in the the Discord. I said, how long until we have that conversation of Pat Fryer and we think Kyle Pitts in the same breath? Well, now here we are, and it was kind of circumstantial with the injury. But if if you had Kyle Pitts and you're relying on him and you're a contender, right? Uh, somebody posted a trade question and in that specific league, it was 1.5 PPR. 
in 1.5 PPR, he was averaging nine and a half points per game. That's not difficult to replace. So I have a few, well, I have many thoughts, but I want to turn it over to Dan overall. Uh, you know, your thoughts on Kyle Pitts and the injury and the Falcons and whatever way you want to take it. Cause I, I might be here for three hours to share my Kyle Pitts thoughts. So a lot of mixed feelings, but it, in the moment here in dynasty is we're down the stretch run. I think I've been fortunate to have had like a, you know, shopping disorder and, and traded, you know, a few of my pits shares um, when the stock was a little bit higher and have a lot of teams in contention now and thinking, boy, that's like, you look for every advantage down the stretch. I'm thinking all those Kyle Pitts owners right now are like stuck. So, but as we look ahead to next year, you know, I see there's the one comment in the chat there that he will not meet his potential under Arthur Smith. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, the second half of the season, Pitts was getting, you know, I think you were busting my chops in the chat, JB. You know, I was mentioning those air yards he was getting. Like, I was happy to see they were taking some strikes, taking some some shots with them. He was involved in the offense. So I'm still a little bit on the fence of, you know, how much of this is Mariota and just Arthur Smith being conservative and, you know, London's still developing and there's not a lot of talent, you know, around them. O-lines, you know, has its issues. You know, can they fix their quarterback position? I think they're slotted around pick 15 in next year's draft. Or do they go a free agent route? And, hey, he's young. He's going to heal. He's going to be healthy. Mitch mentioned the state of the tight end position. After those, like, top four studs or so, I'm okay waiting on pits and just playing that tight end game. But to your point, JB, you're not getting what you could have, oh, just not too long ago. So that's that's a little bit uh, tough there if – you are trying to move off him. You, you missed the window. Yeah, if I have Kyle Pitts on my roster, I'm not looking to move him necessarily. So all of these trade questions that pop up, and Mitch, the example was George Kittle for Kyle Pitts. It, just strictly from a value perspective, it's still Kyle Pitts, right? But now there is so much nuance and so much gray area involved with every single question, every single poll that we get in the discord, which is part of the dynasty theory, Patreon, five bucks a month, $10 for all the extra bells and whistles, but, and it's free for the rest of this month. All right. So join, we'll refund you, uh, consider it a little Thanksgiving Turkey day treat. Okay. Uh, our partners over at Manscaped aren't the only people giving an extra discount. Okay. Uh, where was I going here with Kyle Pitts? Uh, you know, when you look at startups, and we're already talking about doing a startup in a few weeks, guys. We're I, trying you guys, to. You guys are absolute, absolute sickos. But when we take part in that startup and we're not in point scoring season, Kyle Pitts is still going to be a top of the second two PPR pick. Uh, Mitch, you're, you're shaking your head, but somebody's I'm just asking if he should be. That's all I'm saying. That's a fair question. He a probably fair will question. be, but I'm just wondering if he should be that high. But just think about the value. Like, let's say Friar Muth, when we, we actually saw a one-for-one one swap there. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our, our buddy Roy, he got the deal done one-for-one. One. He wasn't contending, moved Friar Muth for pitch straight up. And then we saw another one wow. where it was Friar Muth in a first for Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. And you look at such a, a difference in discrepancy there. And we always see this, especially with higher end players that get injured because the market 
well, you know, we talk about market value all the time. The market is still being set on post-injury Kyle Pitts. And you have the people that are looking at their, their leagues and they're seeing the, the standings and the opportunity for a championship and that prize money. And uh, We talked about this on the uh, episode of The Pivot Point over the weekend. You know, you start seeing those dollar signs and you start looking at the move, moves, Kyle Pitts for Pat Fryermuth, Kyle Pitts for George Kittle. But that value is going to swing right back for the most part and it's just crazy to think about like firing with maybe a fourth, fourth round pick in two PPR, maybe like it's, it really is crazy to think about. And Dan, you mentioned air yards, Kyle Pitts, number one tight end with 767 air yards this season, just behind Mac Hollins has 784 air yards. That's crazy. Mac Hollins. That would rank 20th. Well, I don't want to spend too much time we, with Matt Collins. We, we know Matt Collins isn't going to maintain a job there. That's, that's <laughs> by default of the Raiders situation there, you know. But but those Kyle Pitts air yards encourages you to say, hey, if he could get some chemistry with a quarterback in Atlanta, there's potential for a few of those breakout games. You know, the consistency might not be there that we all like, but at the tight end position, if he can win us a few weeks and then on those bad weeks still get, you know, some points, uh, that's better than most of the tight end landscape. And it's killing us a little bit as, as fantasy and dynasty managers because, you know, uh, JC Bywater in the chat right there, Pitts will not meet potential under Arthur Smith. And I know, Dan, you mentioned this earlier, you know, calling out this comment, but it's not just that. It's the fact that this team has been competitive as fantasy managers. We need them to get, you know, give up points early, but they, they like, if, if this were any other team with, with different fantasy assets, We'd probably be singing Arthur Smith's Smith's praises, right? Hey, look what he's doing with this team. Outside of Pitts, outside of London, you're scrapping wins together with Marcus Mariota, your quarterback. You're not really, you know, throwing the ball all that much. But you have to believe that they, like, is Mariota the starting quarterback there next year? These are the things as, like, dynasty owners, I think we try to figure out. And the coach in me says, Okay, this this offense hasn't been like ideal for fantasy this year, and you know it bothers us all that you know Arthur Smith is not thinking of us fantasy owners like he should. But to your point, JB, he has exceeded expectations with the Atlanta yeah. Falcons with that talent. So I think we we're, we're kind of hoping the Falcons are projecting upwards. Where hey, if they figure this out, it may become more fantasy friendly. You know, under unlike maybe a Houston Texans, where I'm not quite sure where that. Uh, Bush League offense is going at this point in time. Yeah, looking at it, Kyle Pitts, his targets per route run, he's at uh, 27% target share per route run. That's right there with Andrews at 28, over Kelsey at 25, Fryermuth at 24. But here's the big issue, and you already know what it's going to be. Kelsey has run 372 routes. Kyle Pitts has run 211. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, wow. 260. So still not, uh, but that's in nine games too for Andrews. So it's per game, it's obviously a little bit better, but it's like, Mitch, I want to go back to what you said. Should Kyle Pitts be valued even in early off season startup? Should he be valued there? And I, I know your answer, but I, I yeah. let everyone know. For me, it's, I understand why, because he does have the talent. He has the draft capital. He has everything that we want. But the fact is, if he doesn't produce fantasy-wise, then what's the point in drafting him that high? If I could get someone else later that's going to produce more, 
yeah, maybe I take on a little bit more risk with a different tight end. But at the same time, I'm also not going to have the floor fall out on me if Pitts has another season like what he has this year. Yeah. Well, how, lo- how long, though, sorry, Dan, how right. long, though, are we going to have it baked in because of his pre-draft evaluation hype and his post-draft and that fourth overall pick? So how long is it just going to be, ah, it will turn around? Is he like the the DJ Moore of tight ends? Until Mayer comes in the league. And then we'll have someone that we like more. Ah, the answer is Brock. Opinion. It's going to be Brock. It could be Brock. You're, it could be it, Brock. Got to wait the extra year, but still, uh, if you don't take him early second, you may never get a copy. That's, That's a comment in the chat. And I, yeah, I, and those early off season startups, those are the ones that still have that little bit of recency bias involved as the off seasons progress. And we get into June, July, August startups. Well, a lot of people don't really care about what happened in the 22 season because it didn't just happen. And Mitch is grinning ear to ear because there's a comment in the chat for those of you not for those of you not watching live and shame on you watching live on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel. Uh, but Mitch, Mitch's point is valid. That's the comment in the chat. And I think that's where it's going to happen on my end when we look at Pitts. Like, I'm not falling off the train next year. He's going to be ranked real high, and I'll kind of hope to get him in a startup draft. But what's going to happen is, and it worked this year, and I'll probably go in with that same philosophy. If I could get Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle at a, at, at a certain point, awesome. If not, I'm just going to draft three tight ends later. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's going to be somebody more attractive at a running back or receiver position or quarterback because it's super flex. And I'm going to try to build that roster so perfect through three or four rounds to get that good core that I'm going to miss out on pits. So I, I want to, we're kind of going for full circle here, but my initial thought was if I have Kyle Pitts my roster, I'm not moving him to fix my tight end position because one of two things, one, you're not contending at this point in the season. You're 11 mm-hmm. weeks in you're four and seven, probably five and six. And Kyle Pitts was not making a difference on your roster anyway. So if you're contending, if you're eight and three, nine and two, it sure as heck isn't because of Kyle Pitts. And there's so, two, there's, there's too many like meh tight ends that could just score you points on any week that you could get so much easier than having to mortgage your Kyle Pitts share. Like I could probably mm-hmm. think of 10 tight ends right now that I would go after for, you know, low draft capital or a small trade that you could probably get them. Take we John Johnson to, and be happy. Evan yep. Ingram. We we it, talked about it last week uh, because Goddard and Ertz got hurt. We talked about Austin Hooper. Holy cow. What a, you know, two touchdowns. We talked about Jawan Johnson, another 40 yard game and a touchdown. And we talked about Hayden Hurst. I didn't think he was really going to be the disappointing one of the group, but he was, but yeah, you can patchwork, get a Gerald Everett for a lot cheaper, move another asset. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from somebody uh, across my whole portfolio. I don't have one Kyle Pitts. I had two, and I, I moved off him for a, a decent package in both situations before the season started. But it's not like I'm somebody that has all this Kyle Pitts and I'm saying, hold, hold, hold. I don't have any. And I'm still of the belief that, you know, maybe he shouldn't be going early round two in two PPR super flex startups here in a month or two. But like Dan said, completely agree. You don't need to move him at such a loss. It's such a discount compared to where he was going and what his value was when you can make something else work. Yep. So there really is no reason that he should be moved in any league. That, that's my overall thought. And I, I think for the most part, we agree. 
Mitch, you always know what I say. Same stadium, different rows, different sections. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. So any other thoughts on Kyle Pitts, guys? Because this is Dan's night. These are his show notes. They are. And and you guys (laughs) talk about me with my show notes. He wrote a freaking novel. I was just throwing some names out there. It was a brain dump tonight, JB. You know, that's all. Well, Melvin Gordon got waived yesterday, Mm -hmm. right? And we have Latavius Murray there still. Chase Edmonds, high ankle sprain. He goes on IR. Right now, it's Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack. Mike Boone with an ankle injury of his own. He can come back after week 12. So for the time being, it's Latavius Murray and the man, the myth, the legend, Marlon Mack. Mitch, how are you viewing the situation in Denver? It's just how we drew it up. Going into the year, we were like, look, Latavius Murray is going to kill it for the Broncos. We all called it. That's what we love about Dynasty. But I've actually went out and picked up some shares of Latavius Murray today because, look, I have some running back rooms that are pretty awful. I mean, not pretty awful. They're horrible. Horrible to the point to where I started some RJP Ryan in a few leagues, which worked out gloriously for me, but not on purpose. And so Latavius, what did, what did you pay? What did you pay for Murray? I he was actually the add-in on a lot of deals. Okay, so I got like a Burrow deal done and stuff like that. So he was more of an add-in than the specific player I went and got. Dan, did we just hear Mitch traded Joe Burrow for oh, Latavius so, Murray? Is sure, that what sure, we just heard? Straight up, straight up. <sighs> you know, I might have had a Jimmy G thrown in there, but we're not being picky here. But um, he's just the guy at this time of year to where. I don't think the Broncos are going to bring anyone really in to compete with them. It's so late in the season now. I don't see him making, and there's really no one on the street that I'm worried about taking the job over him. So if I can write him out for five weeks at the end of the year on a team that I don't have to pay a lot for, like the teams that I made, these are, I'm like the sixth best team or seventh best team. So I'm going to make a little push. Maybe he can get me up into the money. And if he doesn't, I'm not giving up anything really to do it. If I'm having to pay a late second for him, I'm not doing it. But I'm willing to give up like a player. Well, let's say I have an Alex Pierce on my team, right? Someone that I played a late 22 second for. I'm willing to make that move because Pierce isn't in my lineup. Latavius Murray can be in that kind of situation to give me that push to the playoffs because careful Mitch careful well, though see Mitch is seeing where's my challenge flag what else are you getting for Alec Pierce that's the thing is you're not getting anyone well, why would you want to get Alec rid of Alec Pierce if because the Colts fix things he's a very talented wide receiver so timeout timeout I got I, you I need could a pick timeout, an Alec flag, Pierce challenge flag. any team in the NFL Wow. Wow. JB, we need an intervention here now. So Mitch was going really strong listeners. He was, he was, he was in fire. I was proud of him today. He's picking up some Murray (laughs) shares. I like to hear that. But then he goes and tells me he's trading Alex Pierce. And I just want to like jump off my desk here because Pierce has got a lot of dynasty upside. A lot of my show notes with these guys that I threw on here, like Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon is we're at that point in the season where if we're contending, how can we pick up some small pieces without mortgaging the furniture? Furniture. Hey, we're getting furniture too. The future of our dynasty teams. So, like, why can't you get Latavius Murray for a third or a third and a fourth or a third and a small player versus having to give up Alec Talented Pierce? That's the piece I struggle with. Because one year from now, Latavius Murray, Mitch, you are going to yeah. not want him on your roster, and you're going to be so mad because Alec Pierce is going to score two touchdowns, have 100 yards week one, and you'd be like, what am I doing with Latavius Murray? Maybe I 
won the money in the playoffs, let, and let, that uh, week one from Alec no. Pierce is replaceable by next year's Jamison Crowder. Like, let me like just say, I've made three bad trades that I, I totally regret in two years, and two of them are with John. And I, I have flashbacks to going back and getting like Mark Ingram in this ideal role mm -hmm. and, and some other bum that was going to help me too for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Chris like, Carson like, was the other like, bum. Chris Carson, I yeah, remember like, it. Like Chris Carson was peaking then. You know, so I'm like, I'm thinking, man, Carson and Ingram, they're both starting. They're getting volume. The opportunities there. This looks great for the end of the season. I did not win that league. And, and, and John had like all the Kamara leverage you could ask for. So that has just changed my philosophies to, hey, I love you getting Latavius Murray but not at the price of a potential stud. Kamara and Pierce, you know, same thing. I get that. <laughs> I mean, well, we're in the same ballpark, right, John? Oh, that's but I, I See, I can appreciate overall what Mitch is, is saying. I think we're a little too high up. And this is coming from, Dan, Mitch was the Alex I just Pierce guy. Name, oh my goodness. No, no, no. You're Mitch, committed Mitch to isn't this loyal. Now. He's not loyal, John. You know, that's the problem. You know, he likes Alex Pierce one week, the next, ah, he wants to get trade him for Latavius Murray. I don't get it. Dan, I don't know if you saw the message, but speaking of loyalty, I said there are three words I would use to describe Dan. All right, three <laughs> words or phrases. <laughs> Why did I say that? One of them on the podcast. Tenacious, loyal, and to keep it PG, cheap. <laughs> It's thrifty. John is thrifty. It shouldn't have been cheap, but touche. That was funny. I again, I phrased it very differently uh. in the Discord. Uh, but overall, though, like, could you do like a Kyle Phillips? Could you do uh, a Khalil Shakir, a, a Mechie, something like that? So, so Ooh, those pieces... didn't like the Mechie one. Take that one back. You were going strong. Mechie's like Alec Pierce. He might be the Texans' number one wide receiver next year. He might be, but again, I'm saying you can come down certainly. But I again, I can appreciate overall the message that Mitch is saying. Just the spirit of it, sure. Yeah, that just a different name, just a different name. Uh, or uh, I can't remember anybody's name anymore. Dan, before we throw it over to you, real well, quick, I, you, let you, me just say this: I tried to pick up another share. Do you want to know? So I offered Kylan Granson for Latavius Murray. You know, thinking it'd be close. The counter was. I get Latavius Murray. I send J.K. Dobbins. This is the kind of thing that we deal with in Dynasty right now. Oh, this is brutal. And See, in two PPR, you got to consider the, the sources, too. Some people are just brutal. Like, we know that's just like, come on. So, like, you got to just scratch that league out, yeah, Mitch. Just moved on. <laughs> move on. Yeah, Granson straight up, that's more than fair, especially in two PPR. Yeah. And I was going to say before I turn it over to Dan, but, Dan, you kind of chimed in with your thoughts overall here on Murray. But so Melvin Gordon waved. In weeks 10 and 11, Melvin Gordon, 51% and 32% route participation. So it's not like he got Daryl Henderson and only had four snaps mm -hmm. before he was released, which we'll get to Daryl here in a few minutes. But Melvin Gordon, over the last two weeks, he had a 14% and a 16% target share for the Broncos. And coming up, they have a middle-of-the-road schedule when it comes to defensive rush efficiency. Uh, Mitch and I really broke this down in the pivot point. And we went through so many different scenarios. So if you haven't listened to it and you're in the Patreon, I su highly suggest you go over and check it out. Maybe right after this, delay bedtime a little bit and go check it out. Uh, but off of pure volume alone, you got to think that Latavius puts up running back 20 to 24 numbers rest of season. Again, it's him, Marlon Mack and Mike Boone. And Latavius has shown like he's not he's not done yet. You know, so 
my thoughts here, I saw two trades, Latavius for a third straight up, Latavius in a fourth for a third. And at that price, I am more than happy to pay that because Mitch, you talked about some of your running back rooms. Mm -hmm. Look at the running backs that you might've been relying on that have question marks coming in to week 12 for one reason or another. Fournette, Patterson, Swift, AJ Dillon's not producing, Joe Mixon, concussion protocol. So if you have something like that, that's your running back room, you're going in with, with, Fournette, Swift, Dylan, and Mixon to the season. You're like, oh my God, I'm set this year. This is great. I am going to win leagues with Latavius Murray and Cam Akers as my running backs. I could feel it. It's going to happen. <laughs> you, you might, and then throw in Jeff Wilson, throw in a lot of Jamal Williams. Those <laughs> Jeff are the. Jeff Wilson's going to double up their points. <laughs> that's what dreams are made of right there. But uh, if I have Latavius, Mitch, you, you mentioned it. Uh, I don't even really need a 23 second. Let's do a 23 second and I'll add in a, a third. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in a position to move him. So if I'm not contending and I have Latavius sitting around, I picked him up off of waivers at some point. That's what I'm looking to do. Dan, Daryl Henderson was waiting. Before I get into Daryl, just one final Denver thought. I've watched a lot of Denver football in their running game. And Latavius Murray, before the Melvin Gordon cut in the last few weeks, has looked like the main back, the best back. Um, so again, he, he looks spry for his age. So I think you're going to get some good production out of him this year. I don't think there's really anyone else that's going to step up to like a Melvin Gordon type role. And if anyone's impatient in your league and cuts Melvin Gordon, I'd consider picking him up because he actually, I mean, he's a good back. I don't know if it was the system of his just mental, like, but he fumbled way too much for any coach to tolerate. Um, but maybe if he goes somewhere else and they give him a chance and he gets some volume, bottom of the roster pickup, I, I, would, I wouldn't rule that out. And then Daryl he, Henderson. He, he did clear waivers, which makes sense because, his, yep. you know, there was some money owed to him still. Yeah, and I, I, I'm looking, my hair is getting fluffier and fluffier as the show goes on, boys. Just prettier as we go, JB. Prettier as we go so... there. But, um, but Melvin Gordon, again, there, there's still some football in him. I think he just needs a fresh start. So we'll see see where he he signs. I think someone will take a chance on him. And then Daryl Henderson getting cut. Like, this is so interesting because we were talking. I messaged you guys, Scott Fishbowl, a week ago. I says, hey, Cam Akers, he's done, right? I'm going to put all my fab on Trey McBride. You know, and I was purposely hanging on to Akers because I was just thinking if somehow the Rams figure something out. Like, I still like him. Now, it's not Dynasty. It's redraft, so I'm not really too – Two upset there. I've got a pretty good. Then why'd you have to bring it up, Dan? Why'd you have to? <laughs> you know, I just say, but it was redraft. I should, yeah. Anyway, but Daryl Henderson had to tick somebody off in that locker room. Tell somebody where to go. Wasn't happy once Kyron Williams was getting all the pass down work. Acres got a second chance. Looked decent. Had some had some good running yards. But again, Henderson's like a Melvin Gordon that doesn't fumble. Like that's a guy that I think ha- is gonna sign somewhere. And if he gets a good offensive line and an opportunity. Heck, you know, maybe you try to trade for him now, like we're talking about Latavius Murray, and have a little bit more luck because he's jobless. Um, that's a nice little flyer to go after. We have a comment in the chat from Ryan seeing the SFB 12 playoffs. You'll see Mitch and Dan. Yeah. Uh, and right. actually, you'll see my sister too. I did not like that. <laughs> that's not, I wish that was some type of joke. I, 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 text her and i said hey you know you made the playoffs she goes no way she had no clue That's didn't cool. even know she had no worse. Clue. uh i'm looking at daryl henderson he's still on his rookie deal right yeah so i would be surprised if he cleared waivers watch the broncos pick him up <laughs> oh 
that would be yeah there'd be a double whammy there goes yeah. your merry trades yeah. Yeah. then we can just delete the whole episode uh but yeah daryl henderson waved mm-hmm. played four snaps in week 11 53 percent route participation in week 10 but here's the thing so you had john wolford come in week 10 13 and a half percent of the total targets went to the running backs okay then he sustains the neck injury but Matthew Stafford's back. But then Matthew Stafford goes out again with another concussion, possibly. So in week 11, John Wolford was inactive. You have Bryce Perkins. And somebody in the Discord called him a uh, dollar store version of Lamar Jackson. But like I said on the, was it last week's episode or the pivot point? I was describing someone as like a really bad dollar store. Maybe the kind in a back alley somewhere. Not even a nice one. But Bryce Perkins targeted the running back 7.4% of the time. So if Matthew Stafford is out, and if he had two concussions in a week, you'd have to think he's not going to be there. Still, either way, not significant work in the passing game. So uh, Kyron Williams, I would say, yeah, it's a really nice opportunity, but still temper your expectations. There's going to be some trades involving him across your leagues, I'm sure, because of this this opportunity uh working you know with cam Akers in that backfield only two of them there but i i would be very skeptical and hesitant i mean that team's been a dumpster fire and this i had i have so much matthew stafford real quick so just to like put your point home anymore for people who like 10 percent whatever uh target share of the running backs the titans pass almost double as much to the running backs as the Rams do. And like the Titans don't throw to the running backs, but they almost do it at double the rate that the Rams do. So mm-hmm. really when you hear any passing game that comes to any running back that has to do with Rams, it doesn't matter because they just don't throw to them. That's a really good point. And we all talk about, well, Derrick Henry, he's not involved in the passing mm-hmm. game, but now you're telling me the Titans utilize their running backs twice as much, you know, uh, from a target share perspective that that's concerning. And right. for a whole running back room, you like to see between at least 20 to 25%. We're talking 13 and percent and 7.4% here over the last two weeks. Now, I, I don't know what uh, Mitch Daryl Henderson, where would you like to see him go? He's going to go somewhere. Like to see him go. Uh, man, he put me on the spot. Just, Bam, I just know, like that. I know. I'm sorry. I will go to the Jets. Team the to Jets. Where they could use a little bit of help, you know, and I think he could actually produce there, you know, spell Michael Carter a little bit. So they have James Robinson. Yeah. 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 I don't like James Robinson all that much. Giants need <laughs> a backup running back, but they're not. Yeah. I mean, that's attention. the thing. Like, if you would go to be a backup, I think that'd be really good. It would really suck if you end up going like the Broncos. Just so he ends up just sniping Murray that much more. Mm-hmm. And he ends up in the exact same competition that he was in with Akers. Actually, the the Giants would be a really good spot. For, oh, Giants would be fantastic for him. I, I see the Bengals. That would be a good spot from like an mm-hmm. NFL perspective. Yep. Chiefs, man, you're. Yeah, Ryan, I like those you, a lot more. Ignore my Jets one. Yeah, that one sucked. Ryan, you just want chaos there. Uh, yeah. I saw somebody calling for. Oh, uh, uh, Oh, who did they say? It's escaping me right now. But I Chargers could use a backup with Eckler. 
Nah, they got Spiller. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But yeah, so I do think Henderson gets claimed just because he's on a rookie deal still. Yeah. I and then we still have to see where Melvin Gordon goes. Uh, you know, the Saints make sense for behind Alvin Kamara. I wonder if he goes that far down. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if a team like the Lions even put one in for him. Oh, no. With no. him just being on the rookie deal, it, I wouldn't be shocked we if he gets picked up pretty highly there in the in the rankings. Well, Indianapolis needs another running back. They're low. Yeah. Here, this is perfect, though. We mentioned the Lions. Nope. Dan, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. Are you panicking on DeAndre Swift? And I want to start with Dan because I'm sure Mitch could get on a soapbox. This is starting to remind me, I don't know, in some ways, maybe reverse order, but like Zeke and Pollard. <laughs> I don't know. It's like Jamal's that grinder like Zeke, and he's going to get the red zone. Just a little bit more production because Swift has kind of been, you know, injured, not quite getting the even the, the Pollard volume. It's been picking up a little bit, but you kind of got that thunder and lightning. But, man, Jamal's for real. Like, I'm getting offers for for Jamal in a couple of leagues tonight for some draft capital, and I'm – I'm really like, you know, similar to our Latavius Murray conversation, except for Jamal's younger. He's in his prime, what, 27 years old, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, they got a very good offensive line, which is enticing. But I just like feel like, you know, it's swift that you have the draft capital, the home run ability. But is he doing everything they want him to be doing? And is he a little, is he, I really think he's made out of glass. I, I just, there's that part of me where I think it's always going to be a, occasional splash you know maybe a little you know a good stretch run and i feel like he's always going to get banged up or again not doing everything detroit's asked him to do because he was a full participant in practice all last week and it was still the jamal williams show overall so i'm, I'm really liking jamal more than i've ever liked him before and i, I would be concerned if i had if I, if I had swift shares i would be selling if i could get what, something that i think could help me i don't know if you well, can so we know that trading within a position can be quite challenging so let's go cross positionally here dan would you trade deandre swift 12 team super flex uh start three wide receiver league deandre swift or michael Pittman? Pittman. deandre swift or amon ross st brown sun god deandre swift or brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. i really like Ayuk. And those of you listening on the feed, Mitch is nodding as well. Chris Godwin. Mitch is still nodding. He hasn't yep. stopped. I think, yeah, I mean, I think Godwin's still there. I'm a little hard on him, but the, he's still in that same group of, same class of receivers. Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. I hope Washington figures something out at quarterback. Or Amari Cooper. That's my boy. I got to stay with Cooper. Deshaun Watson's coming. That's intriguing. Even if even if Cooper can't play well on the road or in cold weather. Wow. I'll take I, the splash see, weeks. I, I look at it from the the philosophy of building your team around young, talented receivers that are going to give you quite a few, you know, few good years. And I'm just really concerned about Swift. But you're at that tier, JB, of where uh, I would that's my threshold. I, 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 get, here. I get Pickens, the I even take George Pickens, baby. I, I get the concern. I mean, I have shares and I'm I'm going through and setting my week 12 lineups and I you can't play him. You know, he's been bailed out by a touchdown each of the last two weeks. 11 carries, 26 yards, two touchdowns. That's his rushing stat line over the 
last two weeks. I, JC in the chat, haven't found anyone buying Swift, period. I actually bought a share uh, two hours ago. Now, as a larger deal, it was one where I'm out of contention, and it was... Where is it here? Where is it? I traded Derek Carr, Aaron Jones, and Keenan Allen for DeAndre Swift, Gabe Davis, and Christian Watson. Again, I'm out of contention. So in Jones and Keenan Allen losing assets that, you know, they're certainly not going to fall in that category that Dan described as a Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, somebody that at least is going to maintain value and provide production for X amount of years. They're depreciating assets. So that was a situation where I felt comfortable making the move. But I... He, a guy that is was so involved in the passing game, and we could rely on that thunder and lightning approach. Jamal, ground and pound. DeAndre Swift through the air. 33% route participation each of the last two weeks. Mitch, like, is it is it something, I mean, you're, you're a huge Lions fan. Mm-hmm. Is it something from a mental uh, side of it, or is he not fully healthy? And if he's not, sit him, don't don't make him active. I think Deuce Staley is the running back coach there, right? He's a really yeah. hard-nosed guy. He wants tough guys. I don't think he's a fan of DeAndre Swift anymore. I think it's just, why else is Jamal getting all of the carries in the red zone? And then Swift is like kind of spelling him in the red zone more than anything now. Um, like Dan said, um, I brought this up a little bit last year, is the problem with always having DeAndre Swift being like RB3 or RB4 is you're having your RB3, RB4 in Dynasty always with a questionable tag. Every single week, he's going to have one. I mean, that's not going to stop for the rest of his career, in my opinion. You wish, believe me, I have two of his jerseys sitting right next to me. I love the dude, but he can't stay healthy. And when you have that in Dynasty all the time, makes him really hard to trade, makes him really hard to trade for. And that offense is good enough to keep getting in the red zone. And with that happening, it makes me want Jamal more. I mean, I have DeAndre Swift on a lot of teams, and that's why I said my running back core and a lot of them is terrible because I can't trust him. I couldn't trust Akers. I couldn't trust Dobbins. And those were the guys that I kind of built around. And so now I'm playing catch up by trading for Latavius Murray because going into next week, when uh, the Lions play the Bills, you would think it's a high tempo game. Swift should be really good there. I don't know who Denver plays. I would play Latavius Murray over Swift in every single league that I have him in. I can see that. The, the, people True. people are afraid to put... I, I said the same thing with Swift. Mm-hmm. Looking at red zone usage, this is just on the ground, and DeAndre Swift has missed a few games, so keep that in mind. Jamal Williams, this goes inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the 5, okay? 70% of the rushing attempt market share, 78%. 84%. So when it gets within the five yard line, Jamal Williams has 16 carries. DeAndre Swift has three. And again, it's a little skewed because of the number of games played, but overall that tells a story. And it's exactly what Mitch said. Even when this offense is thriving and they're putting up points, it has been Jamal Williams putting up what? Three touchdowns <laughs> over you 11 know, weeks. He's RB 12. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those guys you look at the total amount of the the percentage of points based on and coming from 
touchdowns. He's going to be a little bit higher because he's not as involved in the passing game. But hey, at his price point, we've been talking about him all season. And at this point now, Dan, you said finally you're getting some offers on teams for Jamal Williams. The I, I don't think people are willing to pay what it's going to cost to pry him away from my you would have to pry him from my cold, lifeless hands. And even then you might not get him. All right. You might not get him then. Uh, so Mitch, mm-hmm. you were, like I said, you were nodding there a little bit. Yeah. I would tell take, me, I agree with Dan on all of those. Tell me here. Tell me when to stop here. Okay. Yeah. These are guys that you're taking over Deandre Swift. Yeah. All right. Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Christian McCaffrey, Kenneth Walker, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams. I mean, that's when you get to those guys, that's hard, right? Because I think Swift has just as much upside next year as Jacobs and Henry and Kamara. You said Joe Mixon. I think that's kind of where the cutoff is for him. We have those really good running backs and the really good running backs coming in the 23 draft. And Swift is just. That's the thing. He's one of those guys now. Is Josh Jacobs or DeAndre Swift next year? I never thought I would say that. But Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where we are with him. So overall, what I'm gathering then, maybe you just have your running backs overall a little bit lower compared to those wide receivers that we were mentioning. Yep. Especially that tier of running backs. Okay. Uh, Another injury, guys. Wandale the Whale Robinson. Damn it. He... He tears his ACL. He, a fantastic game. What do you have? 10 targets over 100 yards. You know, the the offense, they were playing from behind there against, did they play Detroit this week? Yeah, Yeah, they did play Detroit. The the segues here are just perfect. Going, you know, going from one team. Dan, you with these. Well done. Good show purpose. He did it on purpose, I'm sure. But Wando Robinson. Would you pay your you're a contender, Dan? You get offered Wandell Robinson for your 23 second. I'm a contender. You're a contender. But I can't so, use Wandell Robinson now. He's broke. That's why I'm, there's a few different things here. One, maybe you'd want to use that second to to leverage and and pick up a, an asset that's going to help you. Let's say you're not contending because that was a crappy example by me, but it was the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> That happens sometimes. We're live. We're live. Uh, Wandell Robinson, you're not contending, but you have my 23 second, and my team's 11 and 0. I'm steamrolling people. Would you move my 23 second if you're not contending? I like him as a player, and I think he, the the Giants like him, and uh, you know he's in their plans once he's healthy. So for a late second, I think he is a better football player, fantasy football player than that late second is going to be. I, I, like, I know what I'm getting in Wondell Robinson. But it's close um, for you. It's close for it, you. It, it is close. Like if it was mid-second, no, early second. But JB, if your team's a powerhouse and I know you're going to be, you know, definitely way late second, I'd be confident knowing what I'm getting in Wondell. Yeah, my team's unstoppable. I got Jimmy Garoppolo uh, locked and loaded. Uh, I disagree a little bit there, only because Wandale's coming off the ACL, right? So we're in the May rookie yeah. drafts. If you have the 212, I guarantee you're going to be able to get Wandale 
add a little something bit more. Else. Maybe it's Wandell and you get like the 312 or something, right? But I think you could just, I think that 212 is going to get you a little bit more in May. John and Mitch, this is why if you're not subscribing to our Discord, you should be. Because you get to put that trade in the in the trade chat there and say, hey, what do you think of this? And Mitch would come in there and give good advice and say, you know what? I know what you're thinking, Dan, but you could get a little more. Because he just reminded me of, you know, how those draft picks are going to really rise up. And when it's time, you would get more. So, good point, Mitch. I, I'm with Mitch. Hey, I'm going to go back, JB, with the Dynasty Theory advice that I just got. And I'm going to say <laughs> no now. Um, I would look to negotiate. I would have a, give a counter offer and try to get a little bit more. Mitch, would you move Wandell Robinson for Latavius Murray? You're contending. Oh yeah, you would. Oh, without hesitation. Yeah. Yeah, he's below Pierce. Yeah, Pierce is health. <laughs> he is Pierce below is health. Pierce. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, probably the biggest beneficiary here is going to be Darius Slayton. Twenty percent target share at least in each of the last four games, and that was 16 catches, 305 yards, two touchdowns. The, the Giants have one of the more difficult schedules in terms of def- defensive efficiency uh, for their opponents against the pass. But again, it really is only Darius Slayton and then Richie James. And it's sad. I can't even I could probably name five other receivers before I get to Kenny Galladay. Right. Yep. It, but, who's who's absolutely atrocious, Kenny Galladay? Uh, and, and, and for our listeners, like these names we're talking about tonight, you know, Latavius Murray and. You know, Daryl Henderson, and like, like all these guys are getting cut, and Jamal Williams. Like, we are at that point in the dynasty season where just, you know, every little move impacts another. And when you talk to Darius Slayton, again, if you're limping into the playoffs or you just, you know, you, you got those guys that you're juggling, if you've watched the Giants this season, they're a well-coached team. And when Wondell Robinson's not out there, even when he is out there, Slayton's a number two. Slayton has taken advantage of his playing time that because they have a very weak receiver corpse so i have i would be very confident that he would get me six catches for 80 yards on any given week the rest of the way and hey 14 points out of darius slayton even if he underachieves and it's 10 to 12 i'd be pretty happy correct me if i'm wrong was it darius slayton leading up to the trade deadline that uh, like beat reporters and people in the know saying like, he's just such a strong locker room presence. And like, like it was just glowing reviews, like not necessarily on the field, but that's another thing that he brings to the table. And I, you know, it's nice to see something, you know, stories like that and watch, I'm going to go back and look and be like, it's not about Darius Slayton. Maybe let's it was say- Kenny Galladay. It was not Kenny Galladay. <laughs> um, Probably but, yeah, I, but you talk about Darius Slayton being a guy that you can slot in. I was in Mitch. You're in this league. I was, we're in a 14 team league. It's first and 10. Mm-hmm. I was in a pinch. I started Demarcus Robinson last week out of necessity. He puts up 20 points. Yeah. Like happens. it's a complete blind luck because I had nobody and it's a 14 team league. Nobody on waivers, but that's why you put yourself in a position. You get players like Darius Slayton yep. and you can get him at a really reasonable price. You can pick him up for a third. Oh, easy. Agreed. Uh, you know, and it's a little more challenging because we talk about league dynamic and where teams are sliding in, in the standings. So if somebody's in first, second, third, fourth place, and they have Darius Slayton, they might want to keep him for depth. And I get that. But if he's on a team at the bottom of the standings, again, I mentioned Kyle Phillips just because I have my tears up and I'm looking at his name. You could probably do a Kyle Phillips 
mm-hmm. for Darius Slayton. And are you losing anything longer term? Maybe, but most likely not. But also you're getting that depth piece that with all the injuries piling up, underperforming players, bye weeks, at somebody even with a more challenging schedule could take advantage of the opportunity at hand uh, being Daniel Jones, uh, pretty much wide receiver one at this point. Um, we have a lot of names here, Dan, the rest of your list, give me, you know, let's do a little bit of a rapid fire here. So just give me your thoughts. Yeah. I think if you're just looking for a little uptick in your roster, um, one, I would want to mention out this list is Logan Thomas. When it went into our, you know, preseason drafts and startup drafts, you know, Logan Thomas was one of those real late guys that I was taking because he was off everybody's radar because the injury. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's a really good receiving tight end when he was healthy which wasn't that long ago i know he's up in you know maybe he's getting up in age because of injuries but i don't think he's that ancient um but uh he's 32 31 so he's he's a baby compared to you tan but (laughs) come on i you said ancient so i did just came to my head had to go there but he's kind of like that jared cook type receiver who gave um, you know, fantasy owners later in his career, around this 32, 33, 34 year year old range before the, the bottom completely falls off some production. And it took him a little while to get get his legs back under him. And then once he did, he started getting a couple targets. And now he's been off the injury reports completely for the most part. I know he got took a shot in the ribs a couple weeks ago, but he's starting to produce. Heineke likes him. You know, again, you need a tight end and you just want to take a flyer on somebody that you could get at a low price, like a lot of the guys we talked about tonight without mortgaging your future next year. He could help you. You know, we were talking about the tight ends earlier in the show. That's probably one of the lower end guys that isn't hard to obtain that could definitely help you. A team that wants to rebuild and wants draft capital does not care about Logan Thomas whatsoever. And similar to Slayton, he might get you four or five catches, 50 to 70 yards and and fall in the end zone. And you got yourself some good production in the postseason. Last three weeks, 7% target share, 14% target share. In week 11, 22% for Logan Thomas. I like this name a lot as a depth piece. In two PPR, that four for 40 stat line, sometimes you're thrilled to get that whenever you had a Kyle Pitts. Whether You know, you you have a player, Mark Andrews, that was a little banged up there uh, just a few weeks ago. But Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson there, they're the biggest losers with the reemergence of Logan Thomas because McLaurin's still getting his. Uh, and then Antonio Gibson has been in, involved decently in the passing game. So Curtis Samuel averaging 11 points over his last three, Jahan Dotson over his last two games as five points total, not average total. So I, I like that name there. Yeah. Sam Darnold starting this week. Um, I, I kind of cringe there. I mean, they're playing Denver, which has a good defense, but they are at home. I'm thinking, could Sam Darnold just be P.J. Walker for a week? Like, if for those really quarterback-hungry teams that have, like, maybe one quarterback or, you know, when you look at the upcoming bye weeks, like, I'm curious how long P.J. Walker would be out with that. I think it's with a high ankle sprain or some kind of ankle sprain. Um, he's – I think P.J. Walker is Carolina's quarterback the rest of the year. I think Baker is just atrocious. He can't see over the line. Like, they've given up on him. So, Sam Darnold, could he get you one to two weeks – um, you know, before they have a week, no, actually they're off week 13. So it's probably a one week rental. And then I imagine PJ Walker may be back week 14, but give just something give, to keep an eye out. If you're desperate, I will take any third. I don't care if it's one 30 years from now that my son's son can use 
Well, Darnold's be the gone, top. right? Who would be the timeline? Wow. Good for him. Good for Johnny. Any third for I'm Sam like, Darnold. what would be the time? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no, because yeah. no, he would be 32-ish. Yeah, he would be 32. He could have he could have a 10-year-old at that time who's playing fantasy football. That's true. <laughs> Taking over Pat Pat Bowers uh fantasy team by two thousand four hundred teams. <laughs> oh, what did, what did you leave me in your will, Granddad? I don't want yeah. these. I don't want these teams. Yeah. I don't want them. Uh, just, what were we talking about? No, give me give me any third. I uh, give me a fourth. I'll take a fourth for Sam Darnold. I'm with you there. They have a no means keeping them. I'm just saying you're gonna get a start, mate. Maybe two out of them uh, if you need to. And then running back usage to to look at. Um, Buffalo's really struggling in the red zone lately. You know, I don't know how much is Josh Allen's arm or if the team's just going through a little funk and though they might blow up against uh, Mitch's Lions this week. You know, absolutely not. You know, so hey, I like the confidence, Mitch. So, so we'll kind of see what happens. But their run game, like I know they're always going to be a pass first team, but Singletary and Cook have both looked good in in recent weeks. So I'm going to continue to watch that. And Bengals, you know, I don't know how much is is Jamar Chase out, and we think he's coming back soon because he's off crutches. But running back usage with the Bengals has been great. We saw Mixon's five, you know, touchdown game, and then he gets concussed, and Pirine just lights it up with like three touchdowns, and every Bengals fan who has Higgins, Boyd, and Burroughs crying. Um, so I think as long as Chase is out, I'd be really going after those Bengals running backs right now and seeing how they play out. Yeah. It's it's a situation for Pirine that I have a lot of shares still. He was one of my uh, going into 2021, just a late round running back, uh, an insurance policy if Mixon were to miss time, right? And we always talk about the running backs in that range. For Pirine, you're not going to get a second, but if Mixon misses some time, can I do a 2-3 swap and add Pirine? It's very unlikely, I know. And I'm I'm probably very you know over ambitious with that, but if something looks like it could be an early third, if Dan's contending and has Mitch's third, and we've seen Mitch's team in that league, oh my god, it's bad. Uh, I'll, I'll take the third there over Pirine. Yeah, that, that's I, I would take any third, just like you said, Sam Darnold. I think yep. for 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 Pirine. But if you're a contending team and you could get him for a fourth, like if you need a running back for this week, if Mixon yeah, absolutely. stays in concussion protocol, the way the Bengals are using backs, and I, I just don't think Chase is going to be back this week to go from crutches to back is, I, I don't know, unless there's something we don't know. Maybe that was a precaution to cut the crutches and he's running wind sprints. Who knows? But I think you might get one good week out of him. But just like Mitch did with Latavius Murray is more of a throw-in for a larger deal. If you're a contender – and you have a team at the bottom of the standings that's starting to dump assets. Yeah, that deal looks okay. Let's just throw P Ryan in. You know, you're not paying anything extra just to get that extra piece. And I would be very surprised if he was the the person, the player that was a hold up in a deal. And then Wes says, I just sold P Ryan for a fourth and a one quarterback IDP. Yeah. If if you, if you can't use them for the week, dump them. Yep. Perfectly fine. Uh, Mitch, uh, rapid fire in your end, or just one one player, any, anybody. We're... I mentioned this. I mean, it's, it isn't on the show notes, but I mentioned it during Pivot Point this past week, is Alan Lazard is still the wide receiver you want with the Packers. I know Watson's had the touchdowns, but, but like Lazard's almost doubling up in targets every single week. It just happens that Watson's getting the touchdown. So I would say if you're actually going to go out and buy one to compete this year, 
I would want Lazard over Watson, even though Watson probably is the future of that team. And the cost to acquire oh, is going like to be yeah. less for mm-hmm. Lazard. All right, Dan, save your save your next few thoughts here for final thoughts. Are you guys ready? Yes. Are you? Oh, oh. Eyes, eyes on the screen. Final thoughts. New logo, new graphic. Love it. New graphic. If you're listening on the podcast feed, go to the YouTube channel one hour in. I just want you to see the little air bubbles with with Mitch and Dan's little little cartoon head floating around. Uh, I enjoyed it. I did. So 182 episodes in, I got to figure out while you guys are talking, I'm going to figure out when episode 200 will be rolling around here. Uh, but Dan, final thoughts for our listeners for the 182nd time heading in to week 12. Love the new graphic, JB, there. I, I often do have thought bub- bubbles of Uncle Lenny. You know, the last time I saw him was was before COVID in Texas. Maybe I'll see him again when I go back to Texas in, uh, in the upcoming weeks here. But final thoughts, just the only other thing I had in the show notes was, you know, we're talking about running backs, maybe the Ravens. Ronnie Stanley's out. He's a big masher. I'll be waiting to see if he's coming back because Kenyon Drake, he struggled last week. And then Justin Hill kind of got some burn. And I think Gus is going to come back. So I'm starting not to like any of those Ravens back, especially if Stanley's out. And we're approaching the trade deadline this week in safe leagues. I know other leagues have different deadlines. Think about those bye weeks still. There's none this week, so don't forget about them. You have Arizona and Carolina week 13, which is a big week. And, you know, if you have Kyler, Nuke, you know, whoever it may be from those squads – and then week 14, six teams on a bye. So really take a close look at your roster. If that's going to impact you in week 14, don't lose the opportunity to, to miss those trade deadlines to so you don't get buried in a critical week 14. You know, yeah, I'm not annoyed. To, oh, oh, go ahead, Mitch. I was going to say just to piggyback off what Dan said is with those trade deadlines, you know, we talked about in the Discord today. Uh, you might have that seventh place team that you want to make the push. Sometimes it's okay just to cut bait and have the 105 and make a pick, but you don't need to kill your team just to try to get third place in the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I think now with the size of uh, my portfolio here, and it's not about the size. It's the, you know, I always say it's about the way you use that portfolio, but <laughs> that, I don't, that joke never gets alive. I laugh every time we talk, you know, and you both are like, Oh my God, will you just shut up already? But I, I think it's funny. I'm humoring myself, but I have a few teams that I'm going to look back at it. It's not future picks necessarily, but the assets I moved and I'm going to think there was no way I was getting better than third place here. Yep. And I'm going to go back to this episode. And I'm going to think about that. I'm be like, Mitch was right. I should have listened. But again, I saw those dollar signs and I got hungry. Uh, 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 final thought for me actually here, I'm going through all of my leagues, whether I'm, if I'm contending, Hey, these players are on the block. I'm updating my trade bait. I'm jumping in the chat and I'm being that annoying person in every league saying, if, if anybody is interested in making a trade before Thursday's deadline and had somebody jump in there and say, didn't even know the trade deadline was this week. So hoping that sparks some activity and you know, you can use that to your advantage. So yeah. And I, I know everybody always says, no trade deadlines and ideally that's the world we would all live in but some leagues many leagues do have trade deadlines and you got to work with it so uh i think it's all useful advice and information and thoughts here all right hopefully everybody enjoyed the show 
This was a fun one. I was excited to jump back on with you, Mitch and Dan. Always a pleasure. Remember, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, Manscaped 25% off with code Theory20. Great merchandise. Take care of yourself. And then if you're interested in exclusive bonus content and you want to show your support, if you enjoy the show on a weekly basis, check out the Patreon. The link is in the episode description on YouTube and the podcast feed. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We will catch everybody next week. I hope everybody has a fun and safe Thanksgiving. Spend spend time with your loved ones. Spend time alone if that's your journey. Just, just be happy and be safe. <laughs>